God's word for our consideration this morning is the first lesson that we heard a few minutes ago. King Solomon wrote these words in the book of the Bible we call Ecclesiastes. We'll take another look at these words from chapter 1 and chapter 2. Dear friends in Christ, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm pretty sure that no one here this morning was the winner of last Friday's $1.1 billion Mega Millions Lottery. And in case I'm wrong on that, if one of you is, um, talk to me after church today. I have a few ideas of how you might use some of that money. But even if none of us won that enormous, mind-boggling jackpot or anything else close to that, um, I'm pretty sure that a lot of us here this morning, at least when you heard about that jackpot, thought about what would you do if you won over a billion dollars? Think about it. <laughs> you wouldn't just be able to buy a new home. You could buy a whole bunch of new homes and a whole bunch of new cars and new toys and travel anywhere you want and hopefully put some of that to good use by helping others. But, you know, maybe it's not such a good thing to want to win the lottery like that. There are dozens of examples of people who won huge amounts of money in, in lotteries and it didn't work out so well for them. Take Jack Whitaker, for example. Several years back he won $314 million in the Powerball drawing. At that time that was the largest cash prize ever, but it didn't take him too long to blow through the entire amount. Soon it was gone, his wife left him and his house burned to the ground and he had nothing left. Or another man by the name of David Lee Edwards won uh, 26 million dollars but he started blowing through his money at the rate of over a million dollars a month. Twelve years later, he had nothing left and he died alone and penniless at the age of 58. Or take William Post, another man who won an enormous amount of money. He won about 13 million dollars. At the end of one year, he was one million dollars in debt. And the list goes on and on. Or take another rich man, King Solomon. Now, he didn't win a lottery, but he was one of the wealthiest, one of the wisest, one of the most respected people who ever lived in this world. And here's what Solomon had to say toward the end of his life. Meaningless. Meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless, said the richest man in the world. So, is he right? I mean, we've all heard the phrase, money can't buy happiness, but is life really that meaningless? Let's take a closer look at what God has to say to us through the words of that wise and wealthy man 
Let's compare a, a, a meaningless life versus a meaningful life. What's the difference? Solomon had it made. It sure seemed that way anyway. He inherited the throne of his father David, so he was the king of Israel, and Israel at that time was a very powerful and wealthy and influential nation in the Middle East, probably one of the most at that particular point in history. Besides having all of that political power, Solomon was wealthy, uh, probably the wealthiest man at that time, maybe ever. For instance, the Bible tells us he had 12,000 horses. Imagine that. Besides all of that, God had blessed Solomon with amazing wisdom. I mean, this was a really smart guy. He was so wise that kings and queens would travel hundreds, even thousands of miles just to hear him talk. Yeah, Solomon had it made, or so it seemed. But there's something missing. You see, not only did Solomon have a lot of money, Solomon also had a lot of wives. 700 of them, to be precise, which should be a big tip-off. Anytime you're talking about multiple spouses, um, no, that's not a good thing, and it's not the way God intended it to be. And now multiply that by 700? Something's wrong there, Solomon. Something was really wrong. We're told in the book of 1 Kings that those wives of Solomon turned his heart away from God and to false gods and goddesses. And the farther and farther Solomon fell away from the Lord, the more he saw how empty and meaningless his life truly was. Meaningless, he says. He uses that word no fewer than eight times in those few verses of our lesson this morning. The, the, the word that's translated here, meaningless, in the Hebrew language that Solomon wrote them in, literally means breath or vapor. Think, think of when you exhale on a really cold winter's day, and, and you see your breath hang there in the air for just a split second and then it's gone. And there's no substance to it. It's empty. It's really temporary. And that's exactly what Solomon was describing his life as. Without meaning and substance. And really, really temporary. Solomon, without God in his life, without his Lord in his heart, without God's word guiding him, without the forgiveness and salvation that God had won for him and given to him, he recognized, I got nothing. Oh, he might have held on to his wealth a little longer than a lot of those lottery winners who seemed to blow through their money in just a few years. He didn't die penniless but he recognized, it dawned on him, he was going to die and he couldn't take it with him. Like, like Job said, naked I came into this world and naked I will leave. Or like St. Paul would later write, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And Solomon got it finally. 
And besides all that, he, he also speaks of you know, having to hand over everything that he had worked for, hand it over to someone else, and who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish, he said. And in Solomon's case, it turned out to be the latter. As his idiot son, Rehoboam, took over the throne after Solomon died and promptly caused a civil war by his ruthless rule and foolishness, splitting the entire nation of Israel in two. Never again would that nation be a united kingdom and never again would it be powerful or influential. Meaningless, Solomon says. It's just a breath. and There's nothing there and then it's gone. We don't have the wealth of Solomon. We didn't win the mega millions in the jackpot last Friday night. But we do no matter who we are, no matter what your bank account or stock portfolio or how much in debt you may be, you and I are wealthy compared to virtually anyone in the history of the world. Boy, are we wealthy. We have so much, so many things, so many toys, so, much possess so many possessions, and how easy it is for us to start focusing only or mostly on those things or maybe on the things we don't have and wish we did have or even more important we don't have 700 spouses thank God if you're blessed with one thank him for that too but we have hundreds of other things that threaten to turn our hearts away from God and to other gods, including and perhaps especially possessions, money, the things of this world. How foolish. How utterly foolish because those things are so utterly empty and so very temporary, they're going to be gone. Like that foolish farmer in Jesus' parable this morning, who finally realized after he thought he had it made that it was going to be taken from him in an instant. Let all of us evaluate our lives, our focus, our priorities. Let's guard our hearts. That we set our hearts on things above and not on the things of this world. Ask God's forgiveness for so often being so distracted and, 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 and allowing our focus to be only on these temporary things that will be gone in an instant. God, guard us that we don't end up like that foolish farmer or that foolish, one-time wise king named Solomon. Meaningless. Meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless, is what Solomon said. And he was right. He was right if God isn't in the picture. He was right if the love of the Savior isn't in one's life. I remember years back seeing a bumper sticker that said, He who dies with the most toys wins. Well, actually, he who dies with the most toys still dies and you got to leave the toys behind. But how different, how 
different life is for those who have faith in Christ. We, we recognize that, that life is short in passing. Oh, maybe not when we're young, when we're teenagers, young adults, we you know, kind of think and live and act as if we're going to live forever. And then you get a little older and your body starts to tell you that, um, you know what, um, things are wearing, wearing out here and you're not going to be here forever. And then all of a sudden you're, you, you, you bury grandparents and parents and then maybe siblings and, and it keeps on going and you realize, yeah, um, life is, like Solomon said, virtually like a breath of air in the cold winter day that lingers and then is gone. But here's the difference. Here's the difference between somebody who does not have Christ, does not have faith in Jesus Christ and the love of his Lord in his life and in his heart and recognizes that everything is so temporary and fleeting and going to disappear. And those who recognize that everything is fleeting and will disappear in this world but do have the love of Christ and faith in him. You see, we know by God's grace that this passing world, all of the things in this world that are so very temporary, that's not all there is, not by a long shot. We know that when we breathe our last in this life, this isn't the last of our life because we got a perfect life waiting for us that's never going to end and cannot be taken away from us, a treasure in heaven. No, you can't take it with you, but you don't need to take it with you because we won't need those things when we get to heaven. That's the difference. That's the difference between a meaningless life that recognizes how empty and fleeting everything is and a meaningful life that says the things of this world are empty and meaningless but we have so much more yeah there's a huge difference i i i pity i truly pity those who live like solomon was describing in our first lesson or that foolish farmer in jesus parable i truly pity them not just because that's how they live. I cannot imagine living that way, but can you imagine dying that way? But we should do more than pity them. We need to share with them the real treasure, the one that can't be taken from us, our Savior Jesus. But there is also not just a difference between how we recognize that, that this world and the things of this world, that's not our focus but having Christ, this gift of faith in Jesus Christ, changes not just what happens when we leave this world, it also changes how we approach the things of this world. When Paul said, set your minds on things above, he didn't mean that you cannot enjoy the things that are of the world. As a matter of fact, it's exactly the opposite. When we have this meaningful life because of Jesus Christ our Savior who loves us, who through His power of His Holy Spirit, through His Word and Sacrament created faith in our hearts, who is, gives us this hope and, and, and joy of knowing that we got an eternal life waiting for us, that also means we can enjoy the things of this world right now, keeping a clear priority, 
recognizing this is all temporary. It's all fleeting. But it's a gift from God our Savior. The things of this world, the, the, if, he, if He allows you some possessions and wealth, if He has granted to us a beautiful world to live in, enjoy it. We can enjoy the things of this world because, number one, we know where it came from. We know that every good and perfect gift is from above. We can enjoy the things of this world because, number two, we know that this world isn't all there is. We know there's something a whole lot better, and so we keep our priorities. And that's number three, recognizing that the things of this world shouldn't consume us and is only temporary means we can enjoy them using them correctly and properly because we know what's waiting for us after this world and that's a meaningful life so you didn't win the lottery on friday well maybe that's not such a bad thing in fact it's a very good thing because Somebody won something a whole lot better and more valuable than a $1.1 billion lottery. Jesus won something for you that's worth a whole lot more than a billion dollars. Jesus won for you your forgiveness. Jesus won for you a place with him in heaven. Meaningless? Mm -mm. Temporary? It's permanent. And that means life is not meaningless. Not for us, by God's grace. Life is meaningful. Life is good. Life is great. Because life with Jesus is forever. Amen.